0: Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679.
1: 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to OddsXFactor.com, where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals, I love second halves, and I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to OddsXFactor.com.
2: All right, folks, here we go. It's time for another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas, glad to be with you. Oh, I think we're ready to rock and roll one more night. A night of preseason football. Then let's play it for real in the NFL. College football got off to a rocky start last Saturday. Two great games came right down to the wire. College football tomorrow, all through the weekend. We are ready to rock and roll. Uh, we always invite you to check out the website... SportsInsiderRadio.com. And if you want to speak with John and Mike directly, give them a call. 800-209-1679. Let's get the fun started. Welcome in, John and Mike. Boys, are you ready for some football? I'm definitely ready for
3: non-preseason football. I'm definitely tired of clients calling here and saying... Why don't you tell us to bet the Ravens? They're sixteen and zero in preseason. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening, I'm not laying the six on the road with the Ravens. I'm not playing the money line with the Ravens. My name is not Mike. I'm not doing it.
2: <laughs> oh man! Well, you're right out of the gate, he's throwing salvos, Mike. Look, man. He's he's got. He just doesn't. He doesn't care. Now he cares about
4: the Ravens a little bit more because his son is so into it. He wants to, you know, someone to go to all the games. It's much different than years past. But he just doesn't. Look, last year we all know, and I still think he's bitter, when he drove 45 minutes and he just put in a bet literally against the Ravens, and now because he lost, he literally just told me every time. Meanwhile, they went every preseason game.
2: Wow! wow. Cover. Well, hey. More I,
3: importantly, if it ain't broke, don't fix why, it, man. More, more importantly, why would somebody lay three hundred on the Washington Nationals yesterday and lose against my Orioles, and why would somebody lay four hundred against the Orioles tonight? And if you remember, when I was in studio last week, I said Verlander will lose that game. They are plus five hundred. They lost the game two to one to the Tigers. And uh, due to the time differences, because I was sitting in your studio, Brian, yes, you I were. went down there thinking it was 7 o'clock east, and I'm thinking it's 7 o'clock, and I, the game was almost over by the time. Oh my
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old time change got gotcha. you.
3: The old time change beat me out of a 5-to-1 dog. I couldn't even live bet it. they had the lead. It was ridiculous. But, you know, again, look at Verlander. Let's talk about, let's, you know, we're going to break this down. Mike just informed me. Mike was very quiet this morning. I thought he was preparing for the radio I thought he was doing stats, but what I think you guys, do is you and him, listen. Not only fantasy football, his fifth league that he has the draft tonight. So the guys like lead like I've never seen a guy's got five leagues going simultaneously. Now I'm not a fantasy guy, so maybe that's no big deal to you guys. But you know, you guys should at least go over some of that for the people that are listening. You know, top draft picks strategies because you know even though it's out of my realm, obviously. uh there's a lot of people that are into it, and uh, especially if you're OJ and you drafted luck.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, when you do five, I I, I capped it. I, I, I think three was the most I did. And honestly, I, hate, I almost hate two um, because you're sitting there and, it, and you're hoping that both teams are doing well or both leagues are doing well. But, you know, if one's middle of the road and you're a contender in the other... Uh, and you're, you're sitting there. It's like you're rooting against yourself. Sometimes it's it's kind of an oddball thing. But I guess if you if you just set the lineup and don't pay attention to it, it doesn't take years off your life.
4: Well, I mean, the five I, I do have a, a couple leagues where I'm, I have partnership in. So I have, you know, I always have banter between the partners to basically pay stay on top of it certain weeks more than myself. But what I try to do in in, in this type of environment when I do so many leagues. I try to sprinkle out the players so I don't have too many of the same players on the teams. So that way, at least one or two leagues are extremely good, and then I can cash a payout at the end of the year because I do high-priced leagues. And most of the competition is pretty good. I try not to, you know, overwhelm myself with too much risk and and minimize it. And look, look what I did to John's son last year. I mean, I picked up guys off the waiver wire. He ended up winning his first ever league. Now he's the commissioner of a league. Now he thinks he's on top of the world. So I'm going to let him, after one year, take, you know, take the reins of his own team and see how he does. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times, look, fantasy is about 60% skill, 40% luck. But a lot of the damage, if you're going to win the league, you're not going to really win it with the first four or five rounds. That's pretty standard. Most players are going to be fairly close. Obviously, injuries can plague your season, but. Most of the players in the top four rounds are fairly close. It's those later rounds when you start getting value and start predicting that guys that are backups now will actually take the job. And that also helps with betting. I mean, knowing these guys that come in that you already have, you know, a big feeling on preseason and they end up taking over the starting job and the line makers don't adjust midseason and you get them before they start actually playing and you believe they're going to be good players, well, in that case, you have an edge because I've been, look, for three months now, I've been studying, doing my own cheat sheets. Like, I literally write everything down. I don't, like, I go 10 steps above the standard guy that's drafting a team. And doing this for 15 years, just like a handicapper does his research and does his due diligence and is, has line discipline. I have that same discipline when it comes to fantasy football. I take it very seriously. Some people think it's more of entertainment and socialized, but to me, it's all about bringing in the cash in, you know, in December when the league ends.
2: Well, I would say this, that every year, in terms of people that cash, if uh, most leagues pay the top three, uh, certainly uh, in the top three... But believe me, and I've, I've had it happen, fortunately, a couple of times, and I've seen other guys do it. Guy, guy that wins the league is a guy making a pickup in week four uh, who turns into a flat-out stud. Some undrafted guy uh, who, who gets picked up, and then all of a sudden you've, already, you've got a decent team. Everybody, You know, everybody's team looks good on paper you know when you walk of out of there everybody's team looks good on paper well the guy the guy that hits the home run is when a you know a running back goes down uh, or someone blooms on the scene and you you make that pickup and all of a sudden this guy turns into a top 15 scorer in fantasy football for the season and I, i've seen it happen a 100 times
4: yeah i mean last year it was Nick Chubb sure um when when Hunt went down Chubb came in he was very valuable um, a few years ago, Camaro was the biggest one that I could remember when he came. It was week three. You know, he, right and he, you know, he came out of Tennessee. He wasn't a big name. He didn't get drafted that high. You really didn't know anything about him. He really didn't dominate and and really look at a top round pick coming out of Tennessee. But then he got into the right system. He definitely had the coaching staff that pushed him, and he trained hard. And now he's the top back in the league. And I have guys that I'm in keeper leagues that I've been keeping him because they drafted him in, you know, the 14th round one year just as a flyer to a handcuff to Mark Ingram. So, again, you can find value and you're going to do that by the waiver wire and and being aware and that's that that takes skill. Drafting and getting lucky, obviously, anybody could do that. I've you know, I've had You know, a couple friends that have their girlfriends select a few rounds for them, and those guys end up being the best just because they're drafting based on looks, not based on stats. And sometimes that could be an advantage, just getting lucky. But again, it it takes a lot of skill throughout the year, which translates into making selections when you're betting on the games. I mean, again, knowing those backups that are going to step up, that may only get 8 to 12 touches a game, but they're playing against a scheme that is going to be favorable that plays into effect when I already have the algorithm that's going to predict the winner, but how much value of my bankroll well am I going to put on the game based on knowing that I have an added edge with the second and third string running backs that are you know rookies that are going to make an impact that particular game
2: Hey man, you know we talk about it, and we're not going to you know go overboard and we'll, we'll put the fantasy to bed but but honestly. John, like you said, you sit there and you got math models and algorithms, and uh, you know we talk during games and the eyeball test. Uh, honestly, I think fantasy football has a—you know—for me, fantasy football has a piece of the handicapping for me. I, I, I see things because of fantasy football that I will utilize in terms of betting games down the road. To each their own.
3: I mean, absolutely.
2: Uh, you know, look, there,
3: you guys have the temperament for it. I guess it's just, you know, I'm more of a mathematical base, better. It's all about the nine. It's all about the number. And, and that's the thing. When you look at, uh, the first two games, I mean, you, look, both dogs win the games, uh, outright opening week. Um, you know, you, you look at steam and that's the thing we can talk about a little you know, steam, like right? you know, you can beat the number and it doesn't mean you're gonna win. You know, the majority of the public was on the under of seventy four in that Hawaii uh, Arizona matchup and he closed in some places. It went down as low as seventy and a half and then it bounced back up to seventy one and a half and people you know, people don't understand that line value is you can have the right side and beat the number, and it doesn't mean you're going to win. So like if you're listening to this and you're online and you're chasing donbest.com or you're chasing free steam moves at different various different websites and you're going to like you're going to just bet chasing that steam, you're not going to have the results you think because that's just the market is being moved on money. It's not being moved on handicapping. So again, a lot of people out there. They watch these games. We were on the under on um, on in the uh, seventy four in the Hawaii game. Uh, one of our good uh, sources that we deal with over there in Vegas. You know, he had the night, the game early because we always talk about it's not when what you bet. Sometimes it's when you bet. So you know, he bet that game three four days prior to the game being played and got the best number. And then clients call after the game loses and go, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, on that individual game, it didn't matter. Over the course of time, it will matter. When you're talking about, you know, a 1,000 college football games, if you're constantly beating the move and you're getting the best price, it will matter. And that's where you have to be more of a long-term investor as opposed to looking at the season as in tomorrow's card. Thursday opens up, we have you know, UCLA, Cincinnati, and I'm looking at some of these games right now, and it's very easy for somebody to get carried away with one, two, three, four, five, six games um, tomorrow, and then you you go into Friday, and you got uh, even a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games on Friday before we even get to Saturday. So, you know, you got to pace yourself, guys. You know, pace yourself and understand that you're going to lose games, you're going to win games, if you beat the number more times than not, it's going to be to your advantage. We can get involved in a couple of these games in a minute. But, I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Brian? If you can beat the number all day long. It doesn't mean you're going to win the game.
2: Oh, no. And I honestly, and I and I tell you, I, this is absolutely how I'm approaching uh, you know, the beginning of college football. I, I like the over in the Arizona-Hawaii game. was a little worried about the win. But uh, after five minutes, listen, they scored, uh, what was it, 45-38? Is that right? They scored 83 points, and there were a boatload right. of turnovers in the game. I mean, you know that one. That one made complete sense. But I think a lot of these teams this weekend, tomorrow night, and this weekend, I'll be watching the beginnings of the game, and just to see who's got some rhythm and, and what you're actually dealing with, and just the in-play aspect of you know what this industry's become. I think for the first couple of weeks, I, I think halftime plays and in-play wagering. Uh, other than some real solid opinions you have, uh, is absolutely the way to go to start a season.
3: Right, and you know, we can take the position right now on air on uh, the 28th of August that Clemson and Alabama might only lose one or two games each. Okay, We already discussed these numbers every week, so just like I talked about the Orioles in the beginning of the season, guys, Clemson and Alabama will not... Be money makers at the end of the season, even if they roll the whole entire board. So you got to be careful when you look at teams like Clemson. They're laying 37.5 tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to win the game. Yeah, we know. I mean, obviously, when I say they're going to win the game, any upset is possible, i.e., Appalachian State against Michigan, right? Anything is possible. But I'm not going to lay $14,828 on the money line on Clemson tomorrow. <laughs> So, this is where the in game trading becomes more important because all these people that are watching Clemson and that are watching Alabama, you know Kenny, our good friend Kenny White he you know he was on Twitter talking about Alabama and his power ratings magazine. Alabama is like ninety five percent straight up after they lose a champion a bowl game the following year, but but he didn't mention the point spread. So you know, again, you guys out there got to be careful if you think it's going to be so easy tomorrow to just. And I'm not saying that Clemson can't win fifty to nothing, but I think that I think that Clemson and Alabama are like are like the Baltimore Orioles slash Yankee teams, where you the games the teams that do the best. It's baked in, and I know you hate this word, Brian. Overvalued, you know that line. We, you and I both know that game could be tied. The Clemson game going into the second half. And then they'll put up a cheap halftime number, and then you could take advantage of playing Clemson in the second half if they play the same trick that Alabama does, which they don't really care in the first half.
2: No, and I and I I think uh, the other thing is some of these things that will happen in a game, uh, especially these monster point spread games. You know, the one thing you should always be very cognizant of is you know Clemson can probably name the score here. But they got, right. big, they got bigger fish to fry, right? I mean, so... But, but, I and mean, look at the total. It's only 60 and a half. And oh, so that's, the that's, is well, greater than the total. Well, that's what I was going to say is that, honestly, in a game of that ilk, I believe, and I in, in many respects, I, I believe this uh, across the board anyway, but in a game of that nature, I am way more inclined to be playing totals in games like that because the one thing that happens is the big underdog who's getting smoked more often than not, it's keeping their team in, and then the good team that's got bigger fish to fry down the road, they're bringing the backups in, and their backups are still good enough to score. But the the, the big underdog, uh, obviously, gets an opportunity or two. So the backdoor, I mean, the big underdog, right? only has to lose by seven touchdowns, and they still cover. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, with the, I mean, I think the total safer than the side because the goofball backdoor cover comes into play, right? Uh, in like one missed extra point or something could be the difference. But the the points are racking up like a slot machine. Uh, well, you can also make the case in these instances we've talked about a
3: year past, and I can run the numbers, I don't have the numbers on this, that usually when the spread is greater than the total, the assumption is that Georgia Tech is not going to score. So it's not a lot of people will play the over in that game, and then Clemson wins fifty to nothing, and they pull off, and the game stays under.
2: Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> you know. But again, I mean, basically, there, once the dog, once Hawaii scored and came out and scored, you knew
3: if you had the over like you did, and I knew if I had the under like I did that you were going to win and I was going to lose because in the, in that aspect, you're you're expecting the ten point dog
2: Not to score much. No, I, 10- I agree, but you know, I, I throw this back at both of you. The one thing is, and this will be a great question for Kenny, but you know, you know, with the power ratings, you're going, okay, these guys are this, and these guys are that, and these guys are 29 point favorites. Okay, get it, but wait a minute. Now it's like a now it becomes week four of the NFL preseason in the fourth quarter. Now it's these guys against guys that, like, well, this is, you know, for some of those guys that are on a scout team, might be like the the last, you know, it's like week one or week two, might be the last time they ever see the football field. You know, I mean, so, you know, those bigger spreads, goofy things happen in the fourth quarter. Right, and the and the other thing is with stats and trends,
3: this is where people, if they're listening to this, look, we both know you're a horse racing guy. I view the better as the horse in the gate and the doors just shut and then all of a sudden it goes ding and they fly out, right? The gamblers, you know, we're preaching treat every game as an individual opportunity. Bet is a business. Don't overbet. Don't over... And these got the horses are all lined up right now. And we know that tomorrow when we walk in the office, ding, the phones are going to explode because people just are so happy that, that real football is here. And you got to be careful, because the first thing people do is they revert. Instead of reversion of the mean betting, they revert to old stats. I'm not I'm not much of a believer in, like, Colorado, Colorado State. The dog usually covers. Save me all of that. It's a new year. It's a new team. It's a new game. You can find stats for all these individual matchups that happen every year, like Utah, Brigham Young, and Rice Army, and so you know, I, I would, If you're listening out there, this is like a warning. It's not that simple, just to say the last. You know, it's like the Army Navy game every year. It's the same thing. Like there really is no correlation between what happened last year and this year. And this is what people look for in these baked up matchups.
2: There you go, Michael. What do you think of those those high spread games? Well, I mean, again,
4: it's. It's so hard early in the season without them actually having a preseason to judge how these guys, how these freshmen that are basically glorified high school kids coming in and how much of an impact they're going to make. So a lot of times I like to sit back, especially on a, on a big day when there's 40, 50 games, monitor the second half, seeing how the first half played out because a lot of times, yes, I want that Clemson – to come out slow to, you know, work through their kinks and the other team is like playing their national championship against the best team in the country. And they give it their all in the first half and we just sit back, we monitor and a standard better that is just looking to put his games in early in the morning and go on with his day will never be able to make money this way because he's not going to be sitting there watching forty to fifty games go to halftime and monitor them the entire day. Because again, we do this as a business we don't do it for entertainment. Where most people just do it for entertainment to watch the game, they don't have any discipline and they don't have any patience to, you know, to basically not be a fan and just be a trader. And that gives us the added element that most people simply will never be able to utilize because no matter what their opinions are, trading second halves is all about timing. And we believe that doing it our way and we've been successful year after year the patience, we always find that diamond in the rough with a second half or multiple games on an average Saturday where most people are just going on they're hanging out. It's a weekend watching the games, kicking a couple back, enjoying the day while we're literally trading every game until the last West Coast game goes to halftime, which is usually closer to midnight East Coast time. So, again, that, that added element is what separates us from the rest. Where most people just want to prognosticate games, we're sitting here trading the games in real time. Uh,
3: the final preseason can you, spell, can you spell prognosticate Michael? Of course I'm just joking.'m I'm just joking. I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some of these numbers, and we're we're not far from done with with baseball right now, Brian. And I'm not going to bore you because everybody cares about football. No, no, no,
2: no, no. Stop, 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 stop. Listen, how many times have we said, don't forget baseball just because football starting? i got to tell you this. You're a totals
3: better in all sports, including baseball, correct? Yes. There have been 1,959 games that have been played in baseball as of yesterday, not counting any early action today. 942 games have gone over. (laughs) 946 games have gone under. It's amazing. Do you realize how sharp that is? That's amazing. Two-game difference. You flip a coin any day, you have no information, and you just say over, under, over, under, over, under with nothing. No analysis, no handicapping, and you were literally 50% on almost 2,000
2: games. It's remarkable. I mean, now you give you you spit these numbers out in football season, in college basketball season, in the NBA. I mean, it's you know, I mean, when now. when do we ever have a year where oh yeah, the favorites are you know four hundred games through you know two hundred and fifty games over five hundred? I mean, it doesn't happen. They know what they're doing, man. Right. And you know, you talk
3: about the Orioles again, you know, yesterday they were getting three hundred and fifty point bucks. Today they're getting four hundred and twenty bucks or something. You know, again, Orioles are you're plus sixty six dollars on the road. If you bet every time the Orioles have been on a road on the entire season on a team that's forty four and eighty eight and the Yankees are eighty seven and forty seven and you're up by eleven hundred dollars for the season with a with with a ridiculous lead. Now, I will say that um the favorites this year in baseball, this never, I'm going to repeat for all you guys listening, this will never happen in a spread betting sport like college and pro football or NBA or college basketball. 60% of all 60.1% of all favorites have won on the money line in baseball. It is unheard of to have a year like this. 1,179 to 780, the favorites have a, a, are literally six out of ten games. That when a team is a favorite in baseball, they win. So you ask yourself, how do teams like the Orioles, how do they show a profit? How do teams like Miami basically are, are dead even because they just keep making the lines bigger, i.e. Washington Day. The way they equalize it with the money is they can be 60%. And if you're simply just playing favorites, you're down money winning six out of ten games.
2: Oh, it's a bargain. It's funny. I saw I saw the Orioles. and go. That's that's a juicy number. Uh, that could be close enough to <laughs> intrigue our buddy John. Absolutely. You know. Uh, so listen, we're ready to roll. Uh, preseason football week four. A lot of goofy stuff go- going on tomorrow. I, it's a real buyer beware thing. But I do believe there are a handful of games you know, you can look at and say this makes complete sense that it's worthy of sticking your toe in the water. Uh, there have been some really good angles. and You alluded to the Harbaugh thing, quarterback rotations, a lot of lot of things in preseason football that just make sense. You know, look uh, before we take a break and get into the real
3: NFL and the and you know luck retiring and go over some of these college football games for the weekend. I got to tell you. I my this is just my gut. My gut tells me that the or the not the Orioles that the Ravens might lose tomorrow. I've talked to so many football betters that are just unloading on and again they won 16 in a row. It Doesn't mean they can't win 17. But from a value point of view, laying six on the road in a preseason game where the second half is basically a, a nothing game and so whoever wins wins. I don't see the value. If anything, you're probably getting a better number, and I might even, you know, I don't see the value of length five-and-a-half, six with the Ravens on the road. And I wouldn't be surprised if Washington was to cover the five-and-a-half, even though it's a preseason game and you're out there listening, take the money line because I don't, I don't it's basically the Ravens win and cover or the Ravens lose the game outright. I'm not going to touch the game, but, you know, when you talk about goofy stuff, I mean, obviously the Baltimore Ravens are on everybody's radar because of their preseason record.
2: You know, the only thing I would say to you, uh, and I, you know, I, I, everything you said is right. You know, the one thing, Mike, in a bizarre way, you know, it's it's like uh, uh, what was the one game? Oh, when the Tigers were five dollar dogs, right? Last Wednesday, the biggest right. upset Major League Baseball. I mean, do you think for five seconds that? those two teams didn't know what was going on before that game was even played? Of course they knew. Okay, so do you think even though it's only preseason and it doesn't matter, but it's a thing and it's publicity and it's talked about. So, you know, the Ravens know they're winning these games. Uh, You know, so, I mean, it's not like it's, ah, who cares? I mean, it's funny. I mean, maybe they actually do care more. Because people are talking about the Ravens, I think they do care. Well, I took my
3: son to that preseason game, and they had they kept flashing. Haven't lost the game since twenty fifteen. Yeah. I think they do care. I think you're right. What do you think, Mike? Of course, they do. It's it, it, that added
4: element now that it's so mainstream. Um, these players absolutely care. They know exactly what the line is. They know exactly what they're. Madden rating is. If they know what their Madden rating is and they care about that, they definitely care about the game.
2: I think the boys are onto something there. There's no doubt about it. It's Sports Insider Radio. We invite you to check out the website. SportsInsiderRadio.com You can get hold of the fellas. 800-209-1679 800-209-1679 We'll be right back on Sports Insider Radio.
0: Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679.
1: Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to OddsXFactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals, I love second halves, and I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to OddsXFactor.com
0: Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone,
2: Back with you, Sports Insider Radio. Check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679. John and Mike ready to rock and roll for football. Where where you want to go now, boys? What's, uh, what's, what's hot to trot in the office?
4: Well, right now it's uh, it's the calm before the storm.
2: Yeah.
4: It's coming. You know, tomorrow we've got such a big slate. People, look, preseason gets everybody rowdy. I think now that they really took the emphasis out of preseason, where some, like, certain players just don't even play anymore. They're just avoiding injury. That, you know, people really don't involve themselves as much as years past because they were just so excited that football started. And it was the old school bookmaker mentality where they just started up in preseason. They didn't even take baseball. People were just so fired up, they played. But now that baseball is pretty much offered everywhere online, so people didn't really get too obsessed about preseason as they are for the regular season. I mean, even just with those two games last Saturday, Brian, people were so hyped up the entire day because there was real football on TV. Which, to tell you the truth, look, I, I didn't have high expectations. Usually that first game, there's a lot of rust. But, um, two great Miami games. and. It was a great game. Miami and Florida put on a great game. The second game, there was no defense. It was ridiculous. But that first game was a really good
2: game. Well, but honestly, I mean, we knew that going in, there'd be no defense in that second game. But I will tell you, that was a great game where it comes down to the guy, you know, um, you got uh, Khalil Tate running, and he gets stopped at about the one-and-a-half-yard line. I'm telling you, you know, we were at an establishment. We had the uh, uh, golf tournament we were at on Saturday – and we're at an establishment at, that night afterward, having a couple of frosties. And I'm telling you, the whole bar was like, going nuts when this when Tate was running towards the goal line on the last play of the game. That was wild.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a little late for me over here on the East Coast. It was late
2: here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 that just gets the juices here. flowing, though, right? I mean, it, it just peaks the, everybody's interest
4: it just got you know they got those two games just to open it up but now tomorrow there's just basically a, a full slate of games rolling right into the weekend and then before you blink it's going to be the opening night of NFL the following Thursday so it's here it's basically every single you know now that they stretch these schedules out they there's basically a game almost every single night of the week where before it was there was a few nights off now they stretch it out where there's football on, on Wednesdays. So um, you'll see a lot more people in tune with trading rather than thinking they're just going to be able to bet on Saturday and Sunday and forget about the week. Um, there's an opportunity every night of the week now. And then you still have baseball as well. So now you just have an added element to find that soft spot on the schedule and those soft numbers that you could, you know, make money with baseball and football.
2: John, you know, we talk about this even during the quieter times of the year. Where you know you get new clients, where people call in, and you're trying to talk to them about, you know, hey, listen, there's a soccer game, or or or, or there's a baseball, or, or whatever it is. In uh, like they wouldn't even consider that stuff until maybe they talk to you. But I'd be curious. Do you still? You guys kind of go through the same sort of thing. Okay, it's football season. People are calling in. It, it, I would imagine there are those people are calling. Go. You know, what do you got? I want the NFL. Then you're going. Well, wait a minute. We got college football. We got baseball. I mean, even at this time of year, you're telling them, listen, there are other things out there. I mean, on Saturday, for instance, and Sunday, we'll have baseball for
3: sure. Will we even be making plays before the games begin in college football? I have no idea yet because we're already in it. We're running our algorithms. We're clicking on baseball. we I mean, why would I give up baseball unless I have to? Uh, and so, you know, like I had a gentleman call today, and he was inquiring for college and pro football, and then I said, well, do you bet baseball? And he said, oh, yeah, I had this and this and this and this and this and this and this, and this last night. But he wasn't even mentioning that on the initial phone call. So I said, oh, well, relax. Like, let's not keep this about, you know, we're not, we don't really offer and really want to deal with the guy that cares what sport he's betting. Yes, we're going to get more calls, but we tell them, don't, just because there's football doesn't mean we're going to give you 10 games. I mean, you know, and again, from a value point of view and from an overvalued overvalued point of view, I wanted to ask you this question uh, when we took our break is, Do you feel early in the season that the top 25 rankings really matter, or is it just a perception to sway money? So you have six ranked teams playing before Saturday. You have Central Florida 17 tomorrow, Clemson number one, A&M number 12, Utah number 14. Then on Friday, you have Michigan State 18, Wisconsin 19, Iowa State 21, all ranked teams playing unranked teams. So from a value and a line making point of view, the average guy, at least in my estimation, will say, Oh, this team is, you know, number twelfth in the country against an unranked team, and he doesn't quite understand you're still laying thirty three and a half points.
2: Well, I would put it to you this way. Uh <laughs> the rankings in week eight could be so wrong. You know, they haven't even seen these guys play. If the, if they're wrong after eight weeks of seeing them play, what do you think these rankings are at the start of the season? And the and the stupidity of it is there should be, I mean, I get it for fodder, but this stuff counts. You know, these preseason rankings, you get some team that is preseason number 21 and they're unbeaten into week nine, but they're still only number seven because some idiot gave them a preseason ranking at number 21. And you're climbing this fictitious ladder. How many times, guys, have we seen, you know, go to week nine, or well, wait, whatever. Late. I in mean, season. well, wait a minute. Go, like, go to was, go to go to late in the season. How many times he, have he you was, seen number eight is playing number four, and number eight is a four and a half point favorite? Right. And and even now,
3: Clemson is one, and Alabama is, I guess, two. I don't know.
2: Seems kind of sketchy to me. <laughs> I, it's, it's like it's it's foolhardy to me. The problem is, it kind of counts. You know, the teams have to climb this ladder of some preconceived notion. They, you know, okay, hey, you know, here are here are opinions, but the official poll kicks in in like week two after you've seen them play a little bit. Right. Any games you're actually
3: interested in? Like, you've been looking early, like our good friend Tony Miller puts out the early lines. Are there any games that you've been uh, looking at and saying, oh, you know, I've been waiting for this matchup or pretty much taking it on a day by day basis? I mean, I look at games like Alabama Duke and this Clemson game. The lines are almost the same. You know, Clemson's 37 and a half. Alabama, uh, uh, Duke is uh, 33 and a half. Alabama's 33 and a half. But Duke, is the number one team against the spread in, in college football.
2: There's so. A, there's so much goes into it. When, when you look at all these games, I mean, you know, literally the, the scheduling is, is is some of the big things. Is is it a look-ahead spot? Is a team coming off a bye? Is there a rivalry game in the on-deck circle? Uh, I would even say this to you. Uh, BYU-Utah, right out of the gate. Right. Okay. Great game, regional Three rivalry, number. blah, blah, blah. But I, I would say this to you, what happens in this opener, the same two teams, if they were playing in week nine, could be a completely different outcome. You know, I mean, the timing of it, the scheduling, and the, the in-between-the-lines kind of stuff that goes into this, Mike, is, is stuff you got to absolutely take into account.
4: Well, here's the thing. I do, this, uh, I do this pool with some buddies. It's not really for big money, but it's a college – uh pick 'em pool where we basically pick two teams at the start of the year. We need to do
3: a pool intervention. Uh Brian, we got fan five <laughs> right, fans. <laughs> 27 <laughs> pools. Go ahead.
4: So, uh, this pool you basically draft two college teams and the lowest combined AP ranking at the end of the year wins you the pool and if you have a Heisman trophy, wins you the pool. And if you're the national championship, I mean, it wins you money for the national championship at Heisman.
2: That's pretty cool. I I mean, it brings a bunch of different stuff into it. That's cool.
4: So I'm not in the pool this year.
2: I'll tell you why. Okay.
4: I've done it for six years. I've never placed in the money except getting a Heisman guy because every time you draft, I mean, again, if you get those top three slots yeah, you're going to have a, a team consistent. Clemson, Alabama, they're going to be there the. Well, that's uh,
2: that's unfair. That's skewed to those, those two teams. That's unfair. And
4: it's random. But, again, yes, your second team will be much worse. But year after year, I draft a team, you know, at seventh AP and a team that's like 14th preseason. And I've had multiple years where both teams weren't even ranked at the end of the year. It's just so hard, these preseason rankings. It, just like what you guys said, it's just so hard. Because there's no preseason. There's new rosters. You don't know. It's not like the NFL where the rookies are coming in with a track record in college that people could actually see and predict if they're going to be good or not. Guys are coming right out of high school. No matter if they're a four- or five-star recruit, they might have played nobody. And the competition was way worse. And you're talking about putting a preseason ranking based on that is so difficult. Because guys, It's again, it's not like the NFL. Guys graduate. And the That's best right. players usually leave the team.
2: Well, to Mike's point, John, uh, you know, the NFL is the NFL. These guys are pros, and consistency is is really a, bit, uh, a much more uh, – it, it's something you can trust in the NFL. Sure, some teams are going to start fast and tail off. Some teams are going to be slow and get better. But for the most part, these teams are what they are but in college football with so many new coaches, new coordinators uh, as Mike alluded to, you know, his graduation, freshmen, uh, a, a college football team, you know, what they could what they are in the first month of the season, I mean they could be night and day different by week 7.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's why you have to really get into that The trading aspect and really being patient because you go from no opportunities in football to a zillion opportunities and that's the thing with you know i'm looking at this from a professionals this professional betting side of the coin but this is where people get hurt they get hurt you know a lot you know there's no secret a lot of people you know they call and they inquire for information uh you know week three week four of football college or pro because you know the first two weeks they tried to do it on their own and they're you know it's just like laying the three hundred or four hundred in in baseball. man, I can't believe I had Alabama and I had Clemson and I lost. I'm not saying that we're betting against them. I'm just making the point. This is where you know they get you know they got to go back and listen to the archive shows on our site where we basically do the numbers at the end of the year and at the end of the year, the dogs and the favorites are basically fifty percent across the board in both college and pro football, as well as uh, NFL, uh, as well as the totals, excuse me. You You know, when you're talking about a 50% mean rating, you know, there is no, oh, both dogs won on opening day, so now the favorites are going to win tomorrow.
2: (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Hey, listen, I don't blame you. you. Are you typing while you're talking? I'm, I'll stop. No, I mean, it, it, but literally, I, I, I feel, I, I'm listening to you, but at the same time, I feel like I could book a flight to Fiji. You, you, you sound like a it's my hands. I, I'll, I'm
4: going to sit on my hands. <laughs> no, no, look, you, you got to be honest. That was me. I apologize. There's There's some information that came in on an international soccer game, and I was responding to the guy, and you know, again, we're live. We're live oh, on the radio. Right. It's this a, is it's not pre-recorded. <laughs> this is not recorded at you know eleven o'clock at night and then aired the next day. This is live, and there's live oh. action going on right now, and nothing stops for that. No, that no. This,
2: but what I want to know, Mike, know from, wait a minute, Mike. There's no problem, buddy. I just want. Can I get a window seat on the right side of the plane? What I want to know from you, Brian, is these little
3: obscure schools that we always talk about. Are you looking at any of them, or are you just like? You keying in like Tony Miller has those big games there. Like, is there anything where you're just really looking forward? Because I know you're here. I'll I'll throw one at
2: you. You tell me. You tell me. It's your backyard. Listen, Howard came out here and pulled off one of the biggest upsets, beating UNLV. Uh, You know this team can play. They can score. They're playing your boys. Now that that's a regional thing. You're telling me Howard's not going to play that game like it's the Super Bowl uh, out of the gate. I don't can Howard Howard. I I think you might. I like the over. I think in in that game, Howard and Maryland. Right, right. That's you know I haven't even looked at
3: that game to be honest with you. What's I, the line you have on that right now? Oh my
2: god, I think it was like twenty seven and a half, twenty eight and a half. It was something like that. I'll find it, uh, but I'm just saying, you know, you know that's that's like remember like Appalachian State, you know the Michigan right. game. I mean those are the, those David and Goliath kind of things. Uh, you know Howard actually got that win against a, a D1 program. Uh, you know it was the big thing when they came out here and uh, and beat UNLV. But I uh, you know well, talk about you know a team based in Washington uh, being able to create some buzz for the program by hanging with Maryland. I mean you know they're they're knee deep invested in this game. Maryland's twenty nine and a half and the total sixty five and a half. Yeah, I'll let Mike uh pick up on that one. I wanted to ask
3: you, what do you think about Nevada's chances getting eleven at home against Purdoodle Doodle Doo on Friday?
2: Uh, not one I'm involved with. I I, I, I honestly uh, I I I've got some that uh, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to have a uh, what I believe is a read on some teams, uh, but I, I mean this I am all about watching a lot of these games, forming an opinion and in, in, in getting involved this week specifically with in play and halftime wagers and then you know have have a much better grip on what I want to do moving forward. I there's so I nothing there's nothing says because college football's back. I liked I loved the Arizona Hawaii game over. All right. That was great. That worked out. The the my the, the if I was going to play the Florida game, I thought it was an intriguing game and probably would have taken the points, but I didn't get involved. Uh you know, I just wasn't didn't have any conviction about it. And now you so get these me bevy you. of games. I, I'm I'm on the shelf for a lot of these. So let me ask you: since since I know the missus, and the missus is probably listening. She is, by the you, way. I, I'm assuming.
3: Do you, do you talk to her on Saturday and Sunday, or? Well, I know Sunday you're when the season you're at Club Madrid, but like, give me your Saturday morning, like Saturday morning. Like, honey, go play with the granddaughter, well, I, and
2: uh, I'll see you in ten hours. I'll be honest with you. Saturday, one, and we're about to kick into this. It turns into seven days a week until February, which is great, you know, whatever. Uh, but Saturday is basically the only day I, that I got, you know. So on on off occasions, I, if if there's a, if I can get a golf game in, that'd be great, and that would be really early to get back. Uh, for football but generally speaking if there's no golf involved 9 a.m the army game's always on you know you get those morning games i'll watch college game day i'm on social media uh i'm you know believe me and then it starts and out here it's 9 a.m until whatever 10 at night and it's non-stop football and but i to me you know i mean the golf baseball i mean honestly I, I i'm an eyeball guy i mean it's my day off but what, i'm doing what i love to do and that's watch games and that's honestly that's part of my job right and she knows she knows
3: why. that you're not going to a movie in the middle of the afternoon on a saturday going forward. But, but,
2: buddy listen okay <laughs> we're word, 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 words to live by okay it's called qvc there you go. Okay? Honey, every day's your birthday. Every day's our anniversary. You know, it's just, you know, the doorbell rings and there's something, there's a QVC thing coming in. Knock yourself out. Now, do you, do you and, and, part, and part of that is I am, without doubt, the worst shopper in the world. And I tried to buy her a present this year for the first time in 30 years. She returned it. I'm like, I'm done. He's not. Yeah, I get it I completely. Yeah, that's the value of me. I don't have to worry about that. But listen, <laughs> no, I, she just sent me a text. She is listening. She just sent me a text. She says about what what Saturday's like. She goes, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, so here, here, here's the thing. The thing is, do you think there's a greater handle on the later games? Or everybody's rushing in, because I've seen these horrendous lines. Obviously, we have the apps now and someone that comes back and forth to Vegas in football. I mean, do you think that the tourist that flies, and not the guy like you that lives there and has his established apps, do you think that that's where the mayhem comes in? Everybody's trying to get in that 9 o'clock game or set of games, um, and then well, it's like... you know, you got the apps now.
2: Right, so I mean, it's that convenience. The apps have made just make it made it a completely different world. But you you know, I mean, we, we warn people. Yeah, I mean, if you got an opinion, knock yourself out. But we don't bet it just because it's the game that's on TV. John, what do they do? They're they well, bet, they're, I mean, bet, they're betting the marquee look, games. They're betting the nationally televised games, and then they're hooking the nationally televised games into parlays onto NFL Sundays. Those are the games that are the big handle games. There's no doubt. Well, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at this um, Ohio State game, which obviously
3: Ohio State Nation is huge. It's the nine o'clock game against Florida Atlantic on Saturday. In this game is a 27 and a half, I won't be surprised if just the alumni pushes that game to 30. <laughs> so if you' I mean you know these are the things where you also have to take into account big money alumni, big money backers that are going to play their team no matter what. Um, and and that, that is prevalent early in the season with these boosters and their money. You look at teams like Tennessee, on Saturday, Kentucky, Um, Even Illinois. And and if you look, they're all over these key numbers. I mean, you know, 17, 18 in the Indiana game. Kentucky's 12. I won't be surprised if
2: Kentucky steams up to to 14 against Toledo by game time. Hey, listen, boys. Uh, An hour flies by when you're having fun. It was great to see you last week. Uh, Michael, good luck with all the games. Good luck with your fantasy drafts. Uh, John, we'll we'll play it back again next week. It's Sports Insider Radio. We invite everybody to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. If you want to speak to John and Mike, give them a shout. 800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. Check it out, sportsinsiderradio.com. It's the Vegas Boys, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP, North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com.
0: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Vice President Mike Pence is delivering remarks at the 101st Annual American Legion National Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. He spoke about how the Trump administration is always going to be supporting veterans. This administration will.